than the clothes we wear, style is about the way we move through the world. On this episode of Beyond Style Matters, I talk to Canadian fashion designer Brian Bailey. In the world of fashion, only the strong survive, but it definitely has as much to do with drive, tenacity, and business savvy as it does with creative talent. Happily, Canada's Brian Bailey has it all in spades. Add a heavy helping of passion into the mix, and it seems that Brian was destined to succeed. The 64-year-old designer, who started his eponymous label in 1988, is adored by women for his great cuts, fabrications, and size inclusivity. But it's a wonder that he understands what women want as well as he does. Brian was born and raised in rural Alberta, a farm boy with five older brothers. He got his first job selling menswear when he was only 14 and moved to Toronto to pursue fashion studies at Ryerson University in his early 20s. The Canadian fashion scene was a very different place back then, with only a precious few of our designers able to really make a mark and thrive. But Brian was determined to make it work. He began selling abroad, opened a couple of his very own stores, and in 2007, he launched his wares on the shopping channel and was a tremendous hit. Now, 15 years later, Brian Bailey is one of TSC's most successful fashion brands, and his legions of fans across the country and beyond can't get enough of his sophisticated, easy-to-wear looks. Brian Bailey, welcome to this episode of Beyond Style Matters. I'm so happy. We're Listen, we're huge fans of yours. I've been a huge fan of yours personally since the 80s. Wow. Mm. You and I are kind of dinosaurs. So we have, have uh, a lot of uh, great stuff to reminisce about, I'm sure, in terms of the way the Canadian landscape has evolved mm. when it comes to fashion. What I think is really lovely is that you're wearing the Order of Canada pin, which you mm. so rightly deserve. So, you know, good for you, Jeannie. Yeah, That's, but it's sweetheart, wonderful. I got it because of people like you. I mean, I got it for primarily, I think, for my support of Canadian designers. Mm. And you were certainly one of the very first, if not mm. the first, along with, I guess, Wayne Clark designers yeah. that I really applauded, celebrated and got to know back in the day. You know, fashion has evolved. Canada's had designers for many, many years. As you know, like I remember when I started, there was there was a design foundation or design group. And uh, I met all of them and I was like 23 or 24. But wow. and they were wonderful. They were passionate people. They were people that took their business very seriously. They, you know, so it's not like it just stops and starts like, OK, when I started, that's when fashion became maybe it was more visual then because we didn't have to wait for a newspaper to come out we could have people like you on television or whatever it became a very important vehicle for uh, people to watch and for people to make money with you know it's almost as though uh, designers didn't really start to become celebrities and, and it's like well what came first the chicken or the egg but designers became came so celebrated round about the mid 80s when we started our show the late 80s and certainly into the 90s they became such superstars up until that time designers as brilliant as they were were almost relegated to you know the back rooms of design studio studios. 54 studio 54 okay Jim. well that, that that was a different scene i mean that was oh, uh 
that was New York. And, uh, you know, they were always a little bit ahead of us. Uh, but um, it's funny because a lot of people now, I think, want to get into the fashion design arena because, um, and, and I feel that maybe fashion television was partly responsible for it. We glorified and glamorized that um, metier, you know, that that occupation, you know, more than anybody, that mm. it is so much hard work and blood, sweat and tears, you know, when I think of your incredible career and the way you mm. have remained so relevant and um, productive all these years. Talk to me about being a little kid growing up on a farm in Alberta, mm. you mm. had like siblings, there were what, five of you? Six, six, six boys, six, five brothers. Five brothers and yeah. no sisters. Not one, no. Wow. But my mom was there. She, you know, she was a great mom. I had great parents and great family life and great brothers. And they still do today. And they're all out West. And uh, yeah, I just think it's really sad. I was very fortunate to be, have such great support. You know, the same as, you know, your history, my history is different from yours for sure, for sure. But um, I think my, my father originally was from Toronto and he went out West and at 13 became a farmer during the war. Yeah. During the war, there was no, um, uh, the, he, his parent, his uncle didn't have children. Well, my dad went out because they needed to bring the food into the table for all the wartime people that, you know, like you don't want to run out of grain. So that's what my dad did. Yeah. It just evolved from there. Suddenly, you know, met my mom, my mom was, a, was a teacher and loved her profession. I think, you know what, the survival part of being in my business is that I believe my parents taught me integrity first, you know, like be true to your word. And if you say you're going to do something, do it and do it to your very best and know that come success or failure that you did your very best. Mm -hmm. And be passionate about what you do. And my parents were both in their career choices, my dad, a farmer, and then later became worked for a hospital um, as a purchasing agent. But my mother was very, very passionate about being a teacher and they just totally love it. And don't do it if you don't love it. What kind of farmer was your father? Like what did, was he growing things on the farm? Were he raising yeah. animals? Well, we had, he had a very small farm that was left to him from his aunt and uncle who didn't have children. And mm -hmm. um, so it was a quarter section of land. It wasn't enough to raise six boys with. So that's why my mother worked as a teacher. But man, oh, the stories that I just like any, I hope. There are many people that have a childhood like I had because it was amazing, like just amazing, like like you and I enjoy. That's why I hearing, love hearing stories about your growing up with your mom and the things that you did. And, and although they're different, they're the same because the family values are there. And, and I think it's still there today with my brothers and their children. It's, we don't get together like we used to. We're, well, they do, but I'm quite a ways away. But anyway, at the end of the day, you take that with you. And it's like I get together with my friends and. It's the same. You have a summer picnic and you do whatever, right? So. Did your mom have great sartorial style? I mean, I, I'm curious to how you got this penchant for uh, fashion. I think my mom had solid style. You know, she didn't have the money to be fabulously Dior dressed or whatever, you know. And gee was, is that really practical in a farm in central Alberta? <laughs> you know, but, you know, she had great, she had really a sense of, calm about who she was and i'm definitely my father's son no doubt about it my dad took great pride in how he looked but was not fussy about it but he certainly had an opinion on design and well maybe it came from his mother who was spanish and and i think that 
I just think, you know, it evolves, right? And and my dad educated himself because he didn't have a high level of education. Where were you in the birth order, you know, with all these brothers, all these boys growing up in a household? You... <laughs> I was I was the final, I was the crowning glory, let's put it that way, Gene. Ah! I was at the end of the deal. I was oh. like, yes, baby, I'm here. Like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you were like the last one to be born? Yeah, and group. I was not the runt of the, the litter because I'm the tallest one. So. The baby. Yeah, the baby. Yeah, I know. Baby face, baby. She's, oh, my yeah. God, as a kid growing up, oh, you got the cutest baby face. I used to get so annoyed with that. But it's true. I was a baby. I was the I was the last one, yeah. You had a job selling menswear before you even went to Toronto to study right. fashion at Ryerson. Yeah. So was that your first foray into the world of fashion? Yeah, I worked in this great menswear store and the farm, it was a farming community. Farmers would come in once a year because their daughter was probably getting married or they were going to a funeral or whatever. And they bought a really good suit. It was a Warren K. Cook suit from Montreal, one of the best makers in the world. And so I learned fabric from this great mentor of mine. And menswear fabric and menswear make is highly specialized. It's 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 an art in itself, you know, Seville Row and, you know, that's taking it to the extreme, extreme in, 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 in England. But the, the finest of tailors. Um, but in Canada, we had many, many European uh, people that came and they were unbelievable tailors. And I think Warren K. Cook employed most of them because the workmanship and what I learned from working with them just on the phone and them sending me diagrams of how to do it and how to do whatever. It was a great learning experience. And man, I had my hands on some of the most beautiful fabrics ever, ever, ever at the age of like 14 and 15 and 16. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so to measure a man, you know, you have to... You know, the guy's got a bit of a belly, he's got a stoop, he's got this, he's got whatever. And you have to really be able to gauge the posture and, and the structure of this guy's, you know, stance in order to make him look good. And uh, my mentor, Max McLean, was uh, a very polished menswear merchant. He was, he had ended up with two stores, but man, what a talent he had. He could just, he was a hockey player, a professional hockey player that became a menswear retailer. And he just let me go, Jeannie, he just let me he just let me thrive in the business. I mean, I got to know the business. I loved the merchandising, the visual presentation of it. And and I used to go to Edmonton. I would drive to Edmonton on a Wednesday because we didn't work Wednesday afternoons. And I would drive to Edmonton to look at Henry Singer. And Henry Singer in Edmonton is what was the menswear store like Harry Rosen is today. Mm -hmm. And literally, it was huge stores. And um, their window displays and their merchandising was beautiful. And I used to watch it all the time, color selection. Yeah. Wow. So it just, you know, I had a I had great opportunity, I guess, you know. And you were so young doing this. Like you were what in your like yeah. teens, like teen. You started working at that store when you were a teenager? 14. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, like it's a passion, like you have for what you do. You know, you you go, go, go. And it's like to go into the trenches one more time, you go, yeah, let me at it. And you just go because in your heart and in your soul is the passionate to get the great interview and to to do what you do so well, right? So I think you learned that, you probably got that from your parents, no doubt about it, you know? But someone with your passions, I mean, did you feel as though you fit in? I mean, a lot of designers that I've spoken to, some of the greats have told me that they grew up feeling like outsiders. Mm. Um, I don't know why they have that commonality, but uh, how did you feel in, in that farming community? I mean, did you feel like, you know, you weren't the one that was inspired to carry on the farming business. You wanted to go <laughs> no. in a different direction. Yeah, I think at that time, there's a whole life that's separate from my professional career. And that's the fact that I'm a gay man. 
and being gay in a small town in rural Alberta at that time, I don't think I really thought about it. I just, I never entered into my mind that that was a, that was a deterrent because it never was. I just lived a pretty wild and crazy life. And I would cook up fashion shows and get all the women in town to model in the shows and like get them in the mall. And, and we'd, we'd had, and they were great shows and it was wonderful, wonderful times, but I never really thought about, you know, whether I was, you know, my sexuality or something like that. And I think a lot of people for that, that's, that could be a bit of a stumbling block depending on where they lived or whatever. But um, I just never really thought about it and never, I, mean, I just did it. You know, you just went out and I don't know, you just made the community yours and the community loved you for it. And I was, I was really lucky. And obviously your parents, I would think supported you and encouraged you to follow your dreams. hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. They made me work for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they couldn't help me to do it. It was like, you're making your decisions, make sure that, you know, you realize what else is coming. I mean, was your life not like that? Like, did you not have situations, you know, it's slightly different lifestyle, but still there were moments that your parents probably made you think about your choices. That's for sure. Yeah, well, uh, they I know they encouraged me uh, so much to follow my dreams because they weren't allowed to follow theirs in right. the world situation and, you know, stop them in their tracks. Um, so they almost, it was almost as though they were living vicariously through yeah. me and I felt a responsibility to go as far as I could go and yeah. and embrace life with, the, you know, that kind of gusto that they were never allowed to uh, to really feel. Every great conversation needs a pause, so this is a perfect time to talk to you about our sponsor, TSC, who, without their support, this podcast wouldn't be possible. Now, as you might know, I've covered the catwalks of Paris, Milan, New York, and London. And so why have I partnered with a retailer like TSC, today's shopping choice? Well, I believe that great fashion should be accessible to everyone, and TSC.ca is home to some wonderful Canadian brands and designers like Kim Newport Mimran, Brian Bailey, Kayla Kay, Ron White, and Hilary McMillan. And of course, TSE offers so much more than mere fashion. Discover quality Canadian jewellery and accessories from Pico, Brass and Unity, and I. You can find more Canadian designers and brands in the CAFA store at tse.ca slash CAFA. And let's all shop better together. Besides the fact that you're a great creative talent, um, you really are such a savvy businessman and would have to be, would have to be to keep the kind of business that you built for yourself alive and and relevant, as I said, and and successful on so many different platforms. You've always kept up with the changing times. You know, retail has changed so monstrously. And so many designers that I've met, as brilliantly talented as they were, because they didn't team up with a good business person, they couldn't make it or they couldn't survive for long. Um, you never needed that because you were a good business person and a great creative talent as well. You know, that's the kind of a right side, left side of your brain, you know, um, functioning in tandem, which is very admirable. That's true. It's very important to have both or to at least be aware. It's very important to have great business people around you if you don't have that. And I have always known that what I couldn't do, I could hire and that I would still have to be aware of what was going on to this day. If you had to boil it down into a nutshell, 
we both know the business has changed so dramatically since you started and the world has changed so dramatically. But if you had to really boil it down to one essential thing in the way the business has changed the most, uh, and maybe even talking about it, the way the business has changed the most in this country, in Canada for a Canadian designer, what would you say that would be? That you can become self-directed, that you have to, you can rely on yourself um, your creative juices can go not just to fashion designer or creating a pattern or whatever, that you're in charge of the marketing, which is the most important thing you can be in charge of. Your, your destiny is what you put on Instagram, is what you put on perhaps maybe still Facebook a little bit, but also TikTok. All of these things are at your disposal. I'm not waiting for Jeannie to come through the door and, you know, like it's hard as a, as a media person to find the right time and the right fit for your, for your business. That's a business too. And so now we don't have to wait for the Toronto Star or the Globe and Mail, as wonderful and as respectful as I am to those people over the years, is that now you're in charge of it and it's really how you make your name and how you want it to be shown. So that's my nutshell. That is where, you know, I know that I, I love the creative part of creating my Instagram. I have fun with it and it's me. You know, those great opportunities that were few and far between that really chose certain people to be successful that's not no longer in their control it's in your control so that's pretty amazing today another uh, wonderful um i don't know if you call it a strategy because i think it just comes inherently to you um the the way you've uh, conducted your business you've been very nimble over the years uh, which is a great key to success um, i believe you've kept up with the changing times and uh especially when it comes to retail and the way uh, we market our fashions. You have, you know, you, you had your own retail stores. Uh, you still have. You, uh, you sell stuff online, but certainly have been a smashing success with TSC over the years. I mean, you started mm -hmm. 2007, I think, and yes. it was just an unprecedented success. Yeah. How you sold out that first collection that you came on the air with and selling on TV is still, you know, kind of scary for some people or it's it's unexplored uh, turf. Mm. How come you're so open-minded? How and, and how come you understand the changing retail landscape so well? I just thrive on it. I, I don't think there is a no. I think there is a yes. And I think there is a, a belief that you can do it and that I can do it. And if I don't know how to do it, I find out about it. You know, when I went to the shopping channel, uh, the person that got me there, because I didn't want to go for the longest time for many reasons, but the person that got me there, again, I had to be aware. They said, no, you should do this, whatever. And I went, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I went and did it. I was really excited to do it. And then they said, but I don't think you should go to air. I don't think you're the one to go on air and sell it. And I want, I, I lost it. I went, are you kidding? I've been selling and making people like giving people the watching. I mean, I get worked up just thinking about it. Seeing people wear my clothing, but being able to encourage them to take a chance with their life, with their fashion life is what I'm about. And it's half the reason that this particular person liked me so much. I want to do this myself and I need the opportunity to try it. And I had been doing Project Runway and I had done fortunate enough in my career before then to have done many different television interviews or whatever. I wasn't a savvy journalist or like, you know, TV personality as you, you know, through all of your media background, you got to television from radio to, and then, you know, everything adds up to where you are today. 
But when I went to the shopping channel, I, I wasn't Mr. Polished. You know, there wasn't there. I had to polish a little bit. So <laughs> it became over the 15 years, it's grown to where they put up with me <laughs> because I'm on air. And, and I never, and I always, I think integrity towards women, you know, I wanted to show that. So it had to be my mouth that said it, not somebody else's talking about me. I guess people are shy, right? And I don't really know shy too well. So, I mean, I do get shy. I do, you know, I do second guess myself certain. I do not like going to public functions, believe it or not. Listen, you know, it, I, and I would be, certainly be the first to say it and I can say it because I've known you personally for so many years, decades. Mm. You are all about authenticity and that is a large yeah. part of your appeal. I mean, uh, really mm. what you see is what you get. And in, <laughs> in this uh, world of superficiality, especially mm. you know, the fashion world, be filled with that uh you really come through loud and clear as a true heart i appreciate you for that another Thank reason you. i appreciate you and women uh, you know around uh the country and and uh, even beyond appreciate you is your idea of inclusivity which mm -hmm. came at a time when it wasn't necessarily fashionable now of course it is thank god but for the longest time that wasn't quote, fashionable thing to do. Right. You were doing it. You were one of the first people, I think, that did it, certainly yeah. in this country. I'd never yeah. even, you know, come across that before. Oh, he's doing, you know, extra, extra, extra large. And, you know, isn't that fabulous? What made you see the light in that particular area? I was at a point where I was doing regular sizes and there really wasn't a need for me in the marketplace. And I didn't do like jackets and pants and skirts and coordinating pieces and you know the same as what many like i don't know Anne Klein and like max mara and all of that's what they do that's called sportswear so you can buy various different pieces and make that makes your day outfit there really wasn't a need for me to do that and i really realized that i needed to specify into certain areas of the marketplace and that would make me a more important and i came from a big family and so inclusivity to me and when we talk about curvy we talk about the marketplace and we talk about you know women getting the right fit and which is so important no matter what size you are i'm six foot three almost four 240 pounds i need great fitting garments i want to look as good as anybody that's five foot ten and like those little you, know, you kind of would go ping because they're the perfect size and they're the they're the model size and they're that what the industry standards are and i go industry standards are you kidding me like get a grip like and for women so i always went well size four doesn't mean anything more than you're tiny and really a 24 has the same inside femininity mode to dressing the idea of being a woman is exactly the same but then there's the mean side of society that goes, no, you're fat or you're this. And I went, go to hell. You're not that. You are everything more and more of what a woman is. So it was a big challenge for me and I we just took it on. I had great people working with me. People that were as passionate about creating the perfect block, because it's a totally, like plus size is a totally different fit and creation from regular size. The armhole's different, the shoulder slope's different. The, the the how people stand of course is different you know there's so many things but you can create the same polish that a size four does and i look at my runway shows shows from the festival and from over my career it the biggest thrill to me and it brings it kind of brings a tear to my eye a little emotional that i never really thought about 
what women were other than that they were women. I just thought, you can walk a runway, girl. You deserve it. You go out there and get it. And you're beautiful. Now, I'm going to be remiss if I don't ask you about this. The whole question of sustainability, because there are a lot of rocks out there in the world. There's a lot of stuff. There's a <laughs> lot of junk. <laughs> Some of these garments are mood elevators, and we certainly mm. do need that. Um, but some people would say, you know, there's too much fashion. How do you come to terms with that? Is that something that you're aware of a lot of the time or that you really want to address at all? That's a really, that's a, that's a delicate question because it's how we make our living, number one. And so I'm going to say reuse, recycle. And I love watching people do that, you know friends of mine go to the value thrift stores and they reuse and they recycle and they put it with my stuff and they or they put it with you know anybody like wherever they fits into their wardrobe i think that's a really wonderful way of doing it to today we you know resale shops are a big deal it's like it's beyond chic it's smart um you know and i mean smart intelligence um that you can create your own style through somebody else's discards you know like and i think that's beautiful I think that sometimes it's too nonchalant, you know, your sense of style, like you can't just throw on your, you know, a big old sloppy blazer and expect it to work. There has to be a little bit of fine tuning done maybe sometimes. Um, but other than that, that's just the designer coming out of me. Do I think about how much I sell? For instance, at the shopping channel, we move through a lot of product and um, it supports a lot of people. You know, when I think of how many people are indirectly or directly employed by what we do, it's mind bending. Sustainability is, if it's real, then I'm all for it. But if it's if it's not real, and I'm not about here and now to point it out on this podcast, who isn't real? Because um, then I'm all for it. Um, there's certain there's certain places in the world where I where I will not produce. I don't. I demand the bare, the very best of working conditions. But more importantly, I don't want a hose going out the back door that takes dyed dye from garment dye out the back door and into a trench somewhere. It's time for that to disappear. It's time for in my personal opinion for people today with technology and with what we're working on right now, that they can become very educated if they choose to be. But fashion is about building confidence. Fashion is about making your life seem wonderful for that day. And it presents to the world about yourself that day. So people have many different faces. They have many different personalities and they should have the right to choose and change that personality depending on how they feel that day. That's what makes life interesting. When I look at major, 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 big time retailers and they end up with excess, it's just like, it's a big whoops, oops. Oh, damn, we shouldn't have produced 23 million of those tops. You know, this is not a good seller, darn it. What do they do with them? I believe today that there's great ways of taking that fabric and doing something with it. So that's, you know, those people who are at that caliber of production need to understand that they have a sense, must have a sense of responsibility for turning it into something else that's viable and usable, that we may not be there yet, but we're getting there. Well, one of the best I things know. too, that I can uh, say about you, and uh, I, I mean it with, you know, the utmost respect, your clothes are great quality, um, especially for the price. And be beautiful, you know, cuts and fits and fabrications. So that's one, you know, one thing that uh, I think is also a, a, a step in that right direction, because we want to hang on to your stuff. I mean, I have Brian Bailey pieces in my wardrobe, you know, that really go back. The thing is, is that these fabrics that we work, that I work with, they don't wear out. 
for the most part. Like I may make a mistake once or twice, but you know, so they still look good. So yeah, I've always loved you, but uh, I think I love you even more now after mm. uh, having a chance to really talk to you to this degree and beautiful uh, conversation. I really, really thank you for uh, for being so candid and gracious and smart and uh, informative. And it's just been an absolute pleasure having you on this episode of Beyond Style Matters. I'm honored. Thank you, Jeannie. Thanks for listening. New episodes of podcasts will be coming at you every other Monday. You can watch Style Matters Thursday on TSC or online at the tsc.ca website. Till next time, I'm Jeannie Becker. 